I love getting to walk through the crowd, greeting you guys. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I lose track of time, though, and I realize I'm, I'm supposed to be preaching. I'm sorry to anyone that I missed. I'm sorry to anyone that I freaked out and scared uh, as I came up to you, but uh, it's, it's a joy to see you today. I brought a friend with me today. I'm going to see if any of you guys recognize this guy. Anybody know who it is? It's Wilson, right? From the movie Castaway. Hey, David. Um, anyone love this movie? My mom, it's her favorite movie in the world. She could just watch it over and over and over. So anyone like, like love this movie? It's your favorite movie? Last. Yeah? This is yours. Your very own Wilson to take home. I'm grateful someone rose their hand. Last night I did that same thing. Asked the question, anyone love this movie? And there was crickets. No one raised their hand. Even when I said, hey, I'd like to give this Wilson ball away. Everyone just kind of sat there and stared at me and it was probably one of the most awkward moments of my life. But thankfully, someone, when, when um, we were singing the last song, I was down here praying with people. Someone came forward and told me that he loved that movie, a, a closet castaway fan, I guess. Um, but he said he would take that home and that it would remind him of the message today and that God's truth is, is always active and God's plan is always there. Um, if you've never seen the movie, Tom Hanks is in the movie. He, he plays a FedEx systems analyst. His whole job is going to different FedEx locations around the world. And he helps them with, with data and information and all these other smart people stuff that I don't know anything about. He helps them make sure everything goes the way they're planned to go. He makes sure that everything goes on task and everything is going on time. At one point, he's in Malaysia. It's New Year's. He's ready to get back to his fiance in his home, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. So he hops on a FedEx cargo plane. He, he's anxious to get home, but that plane, it goes into a violent storm. And that plane, it ends up crashing into the Pacific Ocean. And Tom Hanks' character, he, he escapes the wreckage of the plane. He swims out, finds an inflatable raft. He hops on that raft. Eventually, that raft, it, it washes ashore a deserted island. And now on that island, he's faced with something he did not plan for, this unforeseen circumstance, this painful experience he's going to have to try and survive and endure everything there. He, he begins to um, rely on the tide every day. Every single, the day. every single day, the tide would bring in more packages from that FedEx cargo plane. And he'd go along the shore, he'd pick up those packages, and then he would open up the packages and he would use the contents of those packages to survive. Eventually, though, he, he survives. I'm not going to spoil the, the movie for you if you haven't seen it, but he survives on the island for years. I'm talking years. Uh, but eventually he sits and he's just staring at the water. He's staring at the tide as it rolls in and he's struggling to find a reason to hope. 
all of his logic is telling him that he's never going to go home again. All of his logic is telling him that he'll never be rescued. All of his logic is telling him that he is going to remain stranded and hopeless on this island. In the book of Jeremiah, we find the Israelites, God's people, we find them stranded and in exile in Babylon. You see, Babylon, they had just conquered and destroyed Jerusalem. And part of the thing back then is, is when a kingdom conquered another kingdom, they got to take the inhabitants from the losing kingdom and take them back to their kingdom to make their kingdom stronger using the skills, using the gifts that those inhabitants had. So they forced the Israelites to, to march from Judea to Babylon. But can you imagine the Israelites now in a foreign land far from everything that was normal to them? They begin to feel this weight of the painful circumstance they're in. They are stranded, no way to get back home. They're exiled, forced to live in an unfamiliar place, forced to survive after having lost everything they know, everything they loved. In the book of Psalms, there's actually a Psalm, Psalm 137, that is written by one of the exiled Israelites in Babylon. Uh, here's what it says. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars, we hung our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. The stranded and exiled Israelites, they sat on the banks of the river in Babylon. They stared at the water and they realized we are no longer home. We are far from home. We are far from everything we have ever known. They realize everything has changed and nothing is ever going to be the same again. They're normal. It was no more. Stranded in pain and in uncertainty, they were longing for home. And as they did, they wept. They wept over the death of their loved ones. They wept over the loss of everything they owned. They wept over the, the, their destroyed city, Jerusalem, and the temple. They wept over the agony of being forced to march from Judea to Babylon they wept over the cruelty of their captors. They wept over the, the loss of a pleasant and blessed past. They wept over the forced captivity of their present. They wept over the bleak nature of their future. They wept and they felt no joy. They wept and they felt no hope. They hung up their instruments and they would no longer sing. Have you ever been there? I'm not talking about being stranded on a deserted island or exiled in a foreign land. I'm talking about feeling stranded and exiled as you experience unforeseen pain in life. Circumstances that you could never plan for, situations that you could never prepare for. We find ourselves in these violent storms of life, situations coming out of nowhere, and they crash us to the ground. We end up washed up on shore in an unfamiliar land, fighting to survive. We sit staring at the waters of struggle, and we begin to realize nothing is ever going to be the same. 
Have you ever felt stranded in the troubles that this life brings? Did you feel stranded your first time in the oncology ward? Did you feel stranded as you had to listen to the love of your wife or the love of your life? Say the words, I I want a divorce. Did you you feel stranded as you awoke to find, find your loved one passed out, surrounded by beer bottles again? Did you feel stranded as you, as you had to watch a casket lowered into the ground? Did you feel stranded as you had to go home and then muster up the strength to say the words, I've been let go? Have you felt stranded in a condition or an illness that you've had to live with your whole life? Sometimes these circumstances, sometimes this heartache, it can last a lifetime. Sometimes the pain, it just keeps coming back again and again. We stare into the fog of uncertainty and we weep. We mourn the the life that we lost. We mourn the loss of normalcy. We mourn our past. We mourn our present. We mourn our hopeless future. How do we survive cast away? feeling forgotten in the foggy mist of hardship and heartache. All logic is telling us there's no hope. All logic is telling us there's no rescue. All logic is telling us there is no plan. Why even lift our voices to sing to God when it feels like all of our joy has just been stripped away in this unforeseen, painful circumstance? Have you been there? I know I have. There's been multiple times in my life where I felt stranded I felt like I was having to fight to survive, trying to cope with things not going the way I had planned. I remember about a year after I had graduated college, I was trying to find a job. And I mean, I was just looking everywhere, everywhere around Beloit, Janesville, Rockford, anywhere. I was handing in my resume. I was doing interview after interview, and I kept getting the same answer. Sorry, you're just not what we're looking for. I remember feeling hopeless. I remember feeling like nothing. I was never going to amount to anything. Then a position opens up here at the church, a position in the children's ministry. And I'd been serving at the children's ministry. I loved it. I loved volunteering there. So I'm thinking, man, this is it. This is God's plan. This is why I didn't get any of the other jobs. This is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm excited. I, I, I hand in my resume and I'm hoping that maybe me knowing the lead pastor might help a little bit too. But the, the children's director at the time, he, he immediately says no. Doesn't even look at my resume. Doesn't even consider me. Doesn't even give me an interview. He, he just says no, it's not going to happen. I felt destroyed after that. I felt stranded. I felt in exile. Uh, I felt stuck, feeling like I was hopeless, like I would never amount to anything, like there was no hope for me and there was no plan for me. In the book of Jeremiah, where we find the Israelites exiled in Babylon, in that very same book of the Bible, we find one of the most famous verses In scripture, it goes like this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I'm sure many of you have heard that scripture before. Maybe you've seen it on coffee mugs, on bumper stickers, uh, on paintings on the wall. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure it, it has its own department dedicated to it at Hobby Lobby. Um, <laughs> but if we read that verse just by itself, it would be easy to misinterpret it. Because here's the truth, in our moments of feeling stranded, we could look at that verse just by itself and we could say, oh, you think God has plans for me? There ain't no way. Why would I believe that God has plans for me when nothing seems to go the way that I have planned? When nothing seems to go right for me? Why would I believe that God has plans for me when I feel stranded and exiled in this pain, in this heartache, in these unforeseen circumstances? How can I believe that this scripture has any hope? For me, it's hard to find God's plan when we are in pain. It is hard to find joy when we are mourning what we lost. But if we look at this verse in its full context, we will begin to see it in a whole new light. If we look at this verse in the full context of where it is placed, we will see exactly who God is speaking to. We, we will see exactly why God is saying those words. And we will see exactly what we can apply to our circumstances in our lives through it. The Israelites, they were struggling in exile. They, they were having a hard time accepting the situation that they were in. And there was these false prophets. There are these people going around saying, hey, hey, God is speaking to me. God is telling me some things. And we are not going to be in Babylon very long. So don't worry about it. Don't even unpack. Soon we'll be going back to Jerusalem. Soon things are going to get better. We won't be here long. But God wasn't speaking to them. They, they were giving the people false hope. And so the Israelites, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to believe. This false sense of hope caused them to not fully accept that circumstance that they were in. Uh, they were hoping for a quick and easy rescue. And God, he didn't want them living in denial. He didn't want them living with this false hope. So God, he, he begins to give them instructions to help them while they are stranded in exile in Babylon. God, he speaks to a real prophet named Jeremiah. He taps Jeremiah on the shoulder and he says, hey, tell my people this. Here's what he says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. God's message was settle in. Get comfortable. Go out. Start looking at some land. Decide where you want to live because you are going to be there for a long time. Then God says this, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. God, he's trying to help them accept and acknowledge the situation that they are in. And he gives them things to do to help them survive in the process. He's giving them the means to live in peace, even in unexpected and painful circumstances. He's calling them to build, to take up residence there, to settle in, to make things the best they could for their lives and for their families' lives. Shelter and protection, they are vital to survival. Then he calls them to grow, plant gardens, 
Grow what you got to go eat. Grow what you got to grow and eat it so that you are nourished and you are comforted. Then he calls them to live. Marry, have kids. When your kids grow up, they will marry. They will have kids too. Live your life and keep bringing life into this world. And then he calls them to pray. Pray for peace. Pray for prosperity, even for your enemies. God is showing the Israelites, though they are suffering, though they are stranded and in exile, he has not forgotten about them. Even though you are in pain, make yourself comfortable. Survive in that land. Build in that land. Grow in that land. Live in that land and pray in that land. You are not forgotten. And then God, he makes a promise to the Israelites. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I'm sorry. Come again, God. You say that part again. I thought I heard you say 70 years. 70 years in Babylon, that's a long time. 70 years is a lifetime. Did you ever realize that that's the verse that comes right before that famous verse of plans to prosper, of plans to hope in a future 70 years in Babylon? That's a hard pill to swallow, right? This was confirming that the Israelites, they would not have a quick and easy rescue. They were going to be there for a while. They were going to be there for a lifetime. Living in exile, stranded, surviving in this land that was unfamiliar to them. But God was saying, hang on, I got plans. Survive in that land. Keep growing, keep living, keep doing everything you got to do because my plans, they are bigger. My plans, they are better than anything you could ever imagine. Then God says this, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. God, he's extending an invitation to the Israelites. God, he would not hide from them. Even as they suffered, God was still available to them. God instructs them to call upon him to pray to him, to come to him in their time of need. God is calling them to seek, to seek him with their whole heart. God is giving them the directions to continue having a growing relationship with him. Build, grow, live, pray, and seek. That's the formula that God provides the Israelites during their time of feeling stranded. Now, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, that sounds great. Good for the Israelites. Good for them. But what's that got to do with me? What's that that got to do with my painful circumstances? I'm not building a house in the doctor's office. I'm not planting a garden in divorce court. How can any of this help me with the pain that I am experiencing right now? In the movie Castaway, I, I won't spoil the movie for you again, but In the midst of pain, in the midst of the heartache, in the midst of logic telling Tom Hanks' character that that there is no reason to hope, eventually he says this, I know what I have to do now. I have to keep breathing because tomorrow the sun will rise. Who knows what the tide could bring? 
truthfully, that's exactly what God was saying to the Israelites. Keep breathing tomorrow. The sun will rise. Just hang on because I have a plan. And that's exactly what God is calling us to do as well. Even when we feel stranded, even when we feel as though we are facing all of these heartbreaking circumstances, things that we did not plan for, when we feel like our joy has been stripped away, and as we weep and as we mourn our loss, God is whispering, keep breathing, keep living, keep surviving, because I have a plan. Keep looking to the future, because I have a plan. God, he is calling us to have faith in him no matter what we are facing, no matter what the challenge looks like. We have to add our faith in God to it. In the midst of painful circumstances, God, he is calling us to have faith and build. He's calling us to take up residence in him, to abide in him, to remain in him, to rest in him. He is our shelter. He is our protection. We will build our faith upon his word. And we will build our trust upon his promises. And as we build our faith upon his word and upon his promises, we will find joy in his word and in his promises. As we build with faith, we will experience joy. Even when we feel stranded in painful circumstances, building our faith on the foundation of God's word, it will give us indescribable joy. And then God, he's also calling us to have faith and grow. We harvest what we plant, right? If I plant complaints, I'm probably going to harvest frustration. If I plant resentment, I'm probably going to harvest more heartache and more pain. So we are called to plant what will please the Holy Spirit. So with faith, we plant hope. With faith, we plant love. With faith, we plant patience. With faith, we plant kindness. And then we harvest and our faith, it continues to grow and we will be able to endure anything as that faith grows. As we grow with faith, we will experience endurance. Even in the midst of painful circumstances, as we harvest the fruits of our faith in God, we will experience an endurance to keep going, to keep growing. And then God, he's calling us to have faith and live. To live out our faith in him with one another. And to invest in our relationships. To love your family. Embrace your friends. Help one another. Care for one another. Celebrate one another. And as we live with faith in our relationships, we will begin to support one another. As we live with faith, we will experience support. No matter what painful circumstances we face, as we live out our faith in God, in our relationships, as we support others, they will support us as well as we face these challenges in life. Then God, he is calling us to have faith and pray, to pray for peace, to pray for the well-being of our community, to pray for our workplaces, to pray for our schools, to pray for our family and friends. God wants us to invite him into every aspect of where we live. Praying that it will prosper so that we too will prosper. And as we pray with faith, we feel this overwhelming sense of peace. A peace that reminds us that God is working no matter what. And that peace, it gives us understanding. As we pray with faith, we will experience understanding. 
because it's, it is easy to feel confused while we are experiencing heartache and unforeseen circumstances. But as we pray with faith, God grants us that peace in the midst of it all. And then we find understanding. Lastly, God is calling us to seek him with faith. He's calling us to come to him, to, to seek him with our whole heart. When we seek him with faith, when we seek him wholeheartedly, we will find him. He's not hiding from us. He is there. He is ready to help. He is ready to comfort us. And he is ready to give us strength. As we seek with faith, we will experience strength. Not just any strength. I'm talking about the strength of God. The power of God active in our heartache, active in our pain. When we feel stranded beyond rescue, exiled from everything we know and love, as we mourn our loss of normalcy, we must keep steadfast faith in God and we must build, we must grow, we must live, we must pray, and we must seek. Because guess what? Those are things that we are in charge of. Those are things that we have complete control over. And then in the midst of hardship, we will begin to experience something that changes everything. We will begin to experience something that gives us a reason to hope, something that gives us a reason to believe, something that gives us a reason to wake up and breathe. You see, when, when we grow, when we live, when we build, when we pray, and when we seek, we don't just experience joy. We don't just experience endurance. We don't just experience support. We don't just experience understanding. We don't just experience strength. Do you see what else we experience? You see it popping out from the screen. It's Jesus. Jesus. It all points to Jesus. Every painful circumstance, every challenge we face, it all belongs to Jesus. Every situation, every circumstance, every moment of pain, every time of heartache, any depth of loss, any height of despair, it belongs to Jesus. You see, we were stranded in sin. We were exiled because of our past mistakes, but God, he had a plan. God had a plan for us to prosper, a plan to give us hope and a future, a plan to free us from the captivity of shame and regret. In that plan, it was Jesus Christ, his one and only son. Jesus is the tide through which God provides everything we need to survive. Jesus is our rescue. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the living water. Jesus is the rising tide that provides as we build, as we grow, as we live, as we pray, and as we seek. And I can look back at that moment in life. I felt stranded. I felt exiled. I felt like nothing was ever going to go the way I planned. I can look back at it now and realize that the, the children's ministry director, he made the right choice. I was not ready for that position. I would have been terrible at that position at that moment in my life. And I realized now I was, I was trying to force my plans to work. I was not concerned about God's plan. I was trying to force my own plans, trying to claim them as God's plans. And truthfully, in that moment of feeling stranded, I had no idea what was coming next. In that moment of feeling stranded, I had no idea that just months later after that, that my wife at that time, she would leave me for another man and I would become divorced. 
And that's when everything just fell apart. That's when I truly felt destroyed. That's when I felt stranded and exiled. But by the grace of God, I started to build with faith. I started to grow with faith. I started to live with faith. I started to pray with faith and seek him with my whole heart and faith. And as I rested in Jesus, as I felt stranded still, mourning and weeping, I had no idea what God had planned next. I had no idea that two years after that, I'd be moving to Puerto Rico to to become a teacher. I had no idea after two years of living in Puerto Rico that I would meet the love of my life, my Miriam. I had no idea that eventually she and I, we would get married. I had no idea that eventually she would get pregnant. I had no idea that eventually I would receive a call and I would be offered a position here at this church in the children's ministry. I had no idea after living in Puerto Rico for five years that we'd be moving here to Beloit. I had no idea that after my wife gave birth to the most perfect boy, David, after serving in the children's ministry for eight years after my wife gave birth to another perfect boy named Jonathan. I had no idea that I would be standing on the stage before you today doing something I love, doing something I feel called to do. I had no idea, but God, he knew and God, he had a plan. So I just, every morning I keep living, I keep breathing, I keep hanging on saying, thank you, Jesus. Here's something that Jesus said in the book of John. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. The trouble, it is coming, right? Those difficult circumstances, the storms of life, they will not let up. Painful experiences, they will arise again and again. But take heart, keep breathing, because guess what? The sun has already risen. Jesus Christ has risen to the right hand of God. Jesus Christ, the Son, has been given all authority, all dominion, all power over the earth, over every circumstance, over every challenge. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, he is seated on his throne right now, and there is no challenge, no painful experience, no amount of heartache. Nothing will ever change that. So we look to Jesus As we look to him, our hands, they will not forget their skill. As we look to Jesus, our tongues, they will never cling to the top of our mouths. Instead, as we look to Jesus, our hands will be raised and our voices will lift as we declare, thank you, Jesus. Jesus Christ is king of everything. Thank you, Jesus. We will keep breathing. Thank you, Jesus. Please keep leading Thank you, Jesus. And I stand before you today. I got no idea what God has planned next. And I am content with that. Because I know Jesus is king. And most of you know the painful heartache, the pain, the everything my family is going through right now. Um, 
One of the hardest parts is the uncertainty. One of the hardest parts is watching my mom slowly fade away to Alzheimer's. One of the hardest parts is, is watching my dad struggle with it, have to cope with it. Our family having to cope with it and, and other painful circumstances that we face, other unforeseen challenges that we face. But I will awake every morning. And I will keep breathing. I will awake every morning. And with faith, I will keep building. With faith, I will keep living. With faith, I will keep growing. With faith, I will keep praying. With faith, I will keep seeking the one true God with all of my heart. And I encourage you to do the same because who knows? Who knows what the tide could bring tomorrow? Who knows what our King Jesus could provide tomorrow? If you've come today and you feel stranded, you just feel like you are exiled in painful circumstances and you would like prayer today, we'll be down here to pray with you today. Uh, once I hop off the stage, I'm, I'm going to rush backstage because we are having a baptism today. If you've come today and you feel the desire to get baptized, to surrender your life to Jesus, the water, it is ready. We will baptize you today. But if you would stand with me now, I'd like to pray for you before I go. Um, through this whole series, um, we're, we're talking about different scriptures. And there is just so much depth through all of these scriptures. So much truth. And our pastor, Walter, he's done an amazing job with our study guides. So if you want to learn more, read more about that passage in, in Jeremiah and learn more about the context, grab one of the study guides, take it home, read it each day, spend time connecting and praying with God and listen to what he is telling you. But let me pray for us now. If you would, fold your hands, bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Oh my God, we are so thankful. We are so grateful. Thank you for all you've given us, God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the rising tide that will provide for us, allowing us to build, grow, live, pray, and seek so that we could survive whatever circumstance this may, life may bring. And I don't know what my friends, what my family in this room, uh, my friends and family who are joining us online, I don't know what people are experiencing right now in their lives, but I pray as they leave this room that they would know that you are with them that they would keep living, they would keep breathing, they would hang on because you have a plan and you are sovereign. You are in control. And we thank you for what you are actively doing in this church. And we pray that we would continue to actively follow your commands and actively live those commands out and actively be a light for others who don't know Jesus so that they would be drawn to you as they experience those moments of feeling stranded and that they would know they have hope and their hope is in Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that you do, God. You are so, 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 so good. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.